0: I want to say thank you to Pastor Tim for uh, allowing me the privilege to be here. I wish he was here. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you won't feel the same way by the time I'm done. But uh, wasn't the word last week by Pastor Mike so good? Yes. Christmas hope. Christmas hope. Something for us to grab onto, hold onto, not give up, not surrender, but something that can be tangible that can take us to where we need to be in the next steps we go. As I began to pray as uh, the week unfolded uh, this week, and Pastor Tim had talked a little bit with me and I with him back and forth about uh, possibly doing this morning, and I kept leaving it open, saying, hey, even if it's Sunday morning, man, and you feel, hey, I'm ready to go, then please come and go. And... uh, so we pray God's grace and blessing on him today, amen, and uh, continued strength and, and God's infusion of, of refreshing over him. But as I pondered on that, I kept coming back to the scripture that Pastor shared with us about this hold fast, right? Hold fast. And it's coming back to the scripture in Hebrews chapter 10. And uh, let me review it with you again. Chapter 10, verse 23, 24, and 25, because there'll be key things for us to note as we go through the message this morning. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Have you ever had the opportunity of looking forward to something at Christmas time and with great expectation and anticipation, you're saying, Oh, I just want this for Christmas? Maybe that's where you're at right now. You know, I remember an occasion like that. I was likely around 10 years old, and I was uh, just leaving hints. In those days, we didn't have phones, we didn't text, we didn't do a lot of things like that. We had things called catalogs. <laughs> they were books that had pictures of different stuff and prices from different companies and places. And this particular one was a catalog from Sears. And uh, some of you don't even know what Sears is. But anyway, that's okay. It's another point. But uh, this was there, and it had a picture of this Schwinn bike. Again, some of you don't know what Schwinn is. It's okay. Look it up. Just Google it. You'll find it somewhere. And, uh, but I wanted this red Schwinn bike. Now, I left the hints around the house, like the picture was here and there. And it just so happened that when the list was made, it was on there, you know, and it just, I did all I could at 10, okay, to really make it known this is what I want for Christmas, okay. And so our tradition was as a family, we would always celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So that was our gift giving time and things like that. So this particular Christmas Eve came and went. No bike. So I went to bed that night. Like this. (laughs) Man, I tried my best. You know, if there would have been Facebook, I would have put it out there. But it wasn't yet. You know, Instagram, whatever, you know, try to get it out the word. Somehow the folks missed it. They just missed it. And so I go that night, and I, I couldn't sleep well. I was, this was consuming me, and I was thinking, you know, I want this, but, you know, what happened? What, did I didn't, what didn't I do right? And so as I'm mulling over all that, finally I went to sleep, finally got up in the morning and so forth, and dejectedly walked on out, and to happen to notice in front of our, catch this, this dates me, okay, in front of our silver artificial tree (laughs) that had one of these lights that had multi colors on it and it would be rotating like this and all and the lights would be flashing off of the silver. Ah, some of you are old enough to know about those things. Okay, good, I don't feel so bad now. But standing in front of the tree was the pike. Why didn't you give it to me last night? (laughs) i expected it last night and it didn't happen and yet of course that was overwhelmed by the reality that it was there and it wasn't just any bike it was a one speed bike well it's actually multiple depends upon how fast i pedaled you know as far as as how i go But I loved that bike, rode it until it was no good anymore, and uh, enjoyed it up and down the streets and around the place, going to play ball and other things like that. And uh, so it became a real favorite for me of something that I look forward to, and it actually came. But the interesting thing was when I woke up on Christmas morning and I walked out and I saw the bike there, I was surprised. And I thought, okay, okay, here it is. Much the same as perhaps maybe you've encountered as well in different things. It may not be with Christmas. could be with a lot of other things. You know, in my counseling time with people, I've had occasions where I've had uh, ladies come in and talk and so forth and said, you know, I really expected that he was going to give me the ring when he said, I want to take you to this special restaurant and talk. Code word, I'm going to get married, I'm going to get engaged, here we go. Only to have the guy only tell her about his promotion." Bill, very hallmarky, I know. But uh, you know, there's those occasions, those moments where we expect something and it doesn't fully happen. And then when it does happen along the way, it's like, what? It's a, almost a double take that something occurred. In the Christmas story, there's several examples of this kind of thing happening. And I'm going to take a few minutes just to review them with you. I'm not going to go into the detail of the stories themselves. You can read it from uh, Luke 1 and chapter 2 as well and Matthew 1 and 2 and, uh, and all. But I just want to allude to them and look at something about this because what I appreciate about the Bible is one of the things, is the fact that the Bible will state something about something going on or happening. And then it uses this little three-letter word. The word is but. And I love that word in the scripture because if you're a a grammar uh, expert, then you know that it's a connecting word. And so it's it's, uh, based in the fact of this is stated here and then there's gonna be a but to imply the fact that but that isn't the end of the story of what's been stated here. This is also potentially available as well for you. And so I love the word but in here. And it comes along several times in this story as you see it unfolded. And I think that it may be of help to you in uh, thinking with me about it. But I want to call this message Unexpected Expectations. Unexpected expectations you know there's an interesting thing about what we anticipate and we want maybe for some of us we're right now in the throes like I am with things that still haven't been accomplished in your life and uh you know I'm old but there are still things in my life that I'm looking at and I'm thinking okay this hasn't been done yet God what what do we what do I do with that how do I handle that And for God sometimes to come along and all of a sudden just throw it at me, you know, and say, whoa, where did that come from? And it's something that I was expecting to happen, but when it came, I was still surprised. Anybody relate with that? Can you? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that because that that way I don't feel like I'm talking to nobody. Um, (laughs) Classically, one of the examples is in Luke chapter 2, and verse 8 through 14. Some guys were working, and uh, they were shepherds. Shepherds in that day were not considered high class. They were usually considered very low class, even among the Jews. And so it wasn't as though... You know, why doesn't God reveal himself about the Messiah coming with angels and fanfare and the whole bit you know, to the king? To Herod, to whoever else, to the religious leaders and so forth. Why does he pick shepherds? Well, we could surmise a lot of things about that, but let's read it together. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, I love that word. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Isn't that an interesting response? But not untypical of what we might feel ourselves. You know, how would you respond if an angel showed up here right now? Okay, don't be honest. That's fine. All right. You know, but these guys were doing their thing, And they're out in the field watching over the sheep and all those things. But all of a sudden, this thing happens and this uh, angel appears before them. How big he was, whatever, majestic, I don't know. Scripture doesn't describe it for us. Again, you can use some of your imagination. I imagine he wasn't just kind of uh, casually dressed and so forth. I'm sure there was a brilliance about him that radiated toward them to the point that it's like, Okay, I'm awake, I'm awake, I'm awake, you know, I get, okay. But in their hearts, the response, first response was, oh no, what's going to happen? You ever had those occasions in your life with God? Lord, you're talking to me and, um, okay, did I do something wrong? And it is, you know, sometimes when we are faced with things that are hard for us, what's the first response sometimes we have? It's like, what did I do wrong? Did I have sin? Didn't I believe? Didn't I have faith? A lot of other things that sometimes we go to as a first response. I'm not being critical of them nor of us. I'm just simply saying sometimes that's what our response is. These guys were terrified. But I love how God comes along and deals with our terror. (laughs) Because it goes on, the angel says, he reassures them, don't be afraid. You ever read in scripture that before? Yeah. When angels show up and all, it's kind of like, oh no! You know, and they always say, don't be afraid. It's okay. Yeah, it's easy for you to say. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're not in the situation like this. But he says, don't be afraid. And he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. Very fascinating. You yes. you're going to have no doubt of who you're looking for when you see this take place. You will find him, find a babe wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying... Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. You know, it's easy for us to be able to look at stories like this and not take an opportunity to stop and think, Lord, where do I see myself in that story? Where would I be if I were those shepherds, if I was in that moment? Or let's be more personal. What about where you and I are at right now in our own lives? Yeah, I'm walking through some things, Gary. You know, I, I'm facing some stuff. We have several people this morning that are not in the, feeling their best health-wise in different ways. We have families that have lost loved ones in the last 24 hours, you know, in our church body. We, we've got people walking through things and all kinds of other stuff that people are dealing with right now, and they're facing. In those moments, what do I do when I sense God perhaps speaking into my heart and saying, don't be afraid, I got this? Now, what do we do with those things? How do we respond back? I love what the shepherds uh, did as, I didn't include that in the, in the scripture you have, but they went on and they turned to each other and say, hey, let's go check it out. That's Hebrew, by the way. Uh, and uh, they they just began to go and, and they turned to each other and says, let's go find out what's going on. And they go find out. And then, you know, the next thing they do, they go tell everybody, you know what we saw? You know what happened to us? We had this big angel came out and then a bunch of angels that were all over and they were singing and all this stuff and they told us what to do. We found it. That's what happened. And, and we're just excited. <laughs> they began to share the goodness of the Lord with people around them. Well, that wasn't always the case in all the circumstances. And again, let me briefly walk through things with you. In Luke chapter 1, Verse 11 to 14, there's a man named Zacharias. He was a priest. And it was his turn to go in and serve into what's called the Holy of Holies as a part of the temple. Where they would offer sacrifice to the Lord. And he went in and he began to go in and God began to appear to him with an angel. And it's kind of like, okay, I've never had this before. And here we are. So, you know, and I want to point something out to you that you may or may not notice entirely. That is the fact that there are times where God needs to show up and talk to preachers and pastors. Please don't ever look at it and and think that fact, oh man, it's only me that God really needs to show up because they're so holy they get it all the time. No, we don't. Sorry to disillusion you. But not always do we get it. And sometimes we need to hear from God directly and just say, hey, this is the word of the Lord for you. And Zacharias gets the word to say something he had been expecting all his life, and that was to have a son. And all of a sudden he gets the word from the angel and says, you're going to have a son and your wife's going to become pregnant and uh, you're going to have this son and here's what he will do and how he will prepare the way for the Messiah to be able to come. And Zacharias, in his godly fashion, all said, huh, how can that be? Maybe you didn't notice how old I am? You know, this isn't something physically conceivable at the moment. For this to be done. And the angel said, okay, let me help you have a sign that this is really true. You're not going to talk about it until the baby's born. Ouch. Ouch. You know, let me just point something to you again, just to underscore it with you. And that is that God deals with pastors and leaders very strongly because there's a level of responsibility and accountability before them don't ever mistake that you've ever looked at spiritual leaders in one way or another way or some place in your life and you think man they just got away with it they just man god didn't see that or god decided not to do anything with it or what have you no As one person that's been zapped by enough by God to be able to to know that when God wants to deal with you, he deals with you, he doesn't care what level or position you hold. So when you look at leadership and you say, man, they really blew it, they hurt me, they did this, they did that, trust in God because God didn't ignore it, nor did he miss it. He will deal with it, always, always deal with it and properly do so. So Zacharias goes home. Sure enough, Elizabeth becomes pregnant, and uh, they go on their way. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 and verse 33, it talks about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You're going to have a son. Now, this is a little more tenuous in what it's all about, because she says, I'm engaged, but I'm not married, therefore I haven't had relationships with Joseph. To be able to do this, I, how is this all going to work? And so it was more of a question rather than a statement of, of I don't believe. She says, how, how may I use the word mechanically is this all going to work out? You know, how can this be? And the angel says, hey, you know, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you'll be impregnated and you will have a child. That's an amazing thing to be able to see How is this all going to be? But Mary's response is this, and I love it in verse 33. She says, okay, let it just be unto me according to your word. Maybe suggest this to us. When God begins to come speaking to you and me, that needs to be our response more and more and more. Lord, okay, I don't understand it. I, I don't see how it will work out that way. But God, I'm open to whatever you have for my life you can do what you want to do god i don't care and you come to that point of trusting in him see that's holding that fast holding fast to what i believe and what i stand for in the word of god and believing it'll be brought to pass we flip over to matthew chapter one and verse 20 and 21 we see joseph the stepfather of jesus and I want to emphasize that he was a stepfather. Never never begrudge if you're in that position yourself right now, or you're a stepdad. You're important because of God's hand being upon you to minister and to do something great through you with your children. May I suggest to you that rather than using the word step in there, just leave it at father. It's not that you're replacing anybody else, and I mean that. But it is you take a role of leadership and a role of example that this is when I'm going to be to you. Because at one point, for us, when we were born, the scriptures tells us, we were born in sin. Okay? So we were more bent toward doing the wrong thing rather than the right thing. And then we received Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord. And we took on and received a new father into our lives. And that father began to guide us and direct us as to how we needed to live, speak, talk, think, and so forth. God became that into our lives. Joseph came along. And while, you know, he hears the news, uh, Mary's pregnant. I'm engaged to her. She's pregnant. In that day, it simply meant the fact of, okay, that was the end of the engagement, basically. And so it, it was, I'm sure Joseph is disturbed. He loves Mary. He wants to be married to Mary. But what about this circumstance? That is, a good Jew doesn't continue to walk out this way because it's not right. So the angel of the Lord comes and appears to him in the form of a dream. And Joseph hears from him saying, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And you consider the cost in doing something like that. The cost was high embarrassment, talk, sarcasm, people all around you saying, Look at what happened, you know what, and this whispering and all that can go on. Y'all, y'all relate with this or understand? Okay, all right. Just wanted to make sure. For a moment, I thought maybe you have never experienced that. Anyway, but Joseph has to have a high cost that's going to be involved. But when the angel speaks to him and says, but this is who he will be, and this is what he will accomplish, Joseph takes it on, and he walks and lives it out. In the passage we opened up with in Luke chapter 2 a few moments ago about the shepherds, you know, they're announced and told, you know, the Messiah is going to be born. The angels sent them or sent to them to tell them all about that. And here's the lowly of the lowly is being told one of the most majestic stories and statements anybody could receive. The Messiah is here and it comes to shepherds. Never minimize who you are and what God's ability is to be able to work in your life and work through your life. It isn't about what your place in life is. It isn't about who you are. It isn't where you grew up. It isn't about your nationality or your culture or anything else. Or maybe even some of the things you view as something that is a drawback from people accepting or receiving you. When God puts his hand upon your life and all, he will anoint you and he will enable you to do what he calls you to do. And you step into that and you do it. That's what you do. And so the shepherds did and they began to go forward as we've already mentioned. In Luke chapter 2, again, on a little bit further in verse 25 to 32, um, Pastor Mike mentioned some about Simeon last week and sharing some about him that it's an interesting thing he had been expecting the messiah for a long time he had had a word from god what what that looked like i don't know it doesn't describe what it was how did he have that word come to him but anyway he was very aware he was not going to die before being able to see the messiah And God arranges that he comes on that very day that Mary and Joseph bring the babe to be circumcised. And we would use the word dedicated to the Lord, you know, and offered to God. And at that moment, God arranges that Simeon is there. He isn't there all the time. But in his duties and his responsibilities, he came and he's there and he sees Jesus. He says, now... He says God fulfilled what he said to do. And here it was, he wasn't expecting, he wasn't walking and said, okay, today's the day, this is it. But it was there. What about for you and me? Where we come along and sometimes we're just doing our thing. We're at work, we're uh, living life, we're maybe at home, doing, fixing this and that at the house. And all of a sudden, God begins to show up in a unique way to us. And we said, I've been anticipating this happening, but I didn't expect it right now. That yes. God just shows up. Yes, he does. And he begins to do things in our hearts and our lives. Or maybe God comes and uses somebody to speak into our lives and share something that's significant and special for us. And when we hear it, we say, God, thank you. I needed that God. And we just begin to thank God for his goodness in being shown. Simeon began to see the goodness of the Lord. In Luke chapter 2 again, in verse 36 to 38, we find Anna. She was a prophetess. In other words, she gave prophetic words and so forth. But she spent her life fasting and praying. Catch that, would you? She spent her life fasting and praying on behalf of the Jewish people in the temple. Now, I'm not, I know not all of us can do that. I, I don't think Pastor Kelly wants us to begin to reside in the temple here, okay? All right, got that. But the heart and the attitude of expectation, God is going to do something. God is going to bring something about. And she says, I'm not giving up praying and standing for this until it happens. Yes. And I want to encourage us where you've been pressing and you've been waiting and you've been praying and you've been interceding and standing for what you believe God to accomplish to do, don't give up. Say, well, Gary, why does it take so long? Man. That's hard. Yes, it is. But when you see God fulfill what he says he will do, it will far outweigh how long it took to accomplish all of that. It really will. And you'll rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. So Anna comes, and the scripture says here, she worships, she stayed there night and day, worshiping God with fasting and prayers. And now she begins to to begin to pray and, and thank God for seeing the Messiah. You know what she does with it? She goes and tells everybody, says, hey, Ken, guess what? The Messiah's here. Lisa, it's here, he's here, you know. And I'm sure people, huh, what, really, huh? But it didn't deter her. She says, I'm going to tell people he's here. He's here, I've seen him. In Matthew chapter 2, we find two others here. And then one is wise men. Or as my grandson last Sunday was in a program, was called Wise Guys. You know, they were a band. And the three of them kind of looked like that. But anyway. uh, But the scripture says in verse 1 and 2 that the wise men followed a star and their purpose was to come and worship. Now, think about that with me. You and I can look out in the sky if you get a little ways from the the city and you can see a bunch of stars all up there. But one star stands out. And to these men, they travel approximately somewhere between 600 to 800 miles. And when they came into the city, it wasn't just three guys. We don't know how many for sure. There were three gifts given. And, and I know the songs too by the way there could be a fourth one and this one, so, okay got that but there was a lot of servants that were with them it's conceivable to have had upwards of a hundred people that were all part of this so when they come into Jerusalem it's noticed I mean everybody sees it and they come in and they, in their minds the person you go to when you want to see about somebody that's really important is the head guy and that's Herod and they come into Herod, and they see him, and Herod is saying, um, hey, let me get back to you with that, okay, just a moment. And he goes over to the guy and say, what's this all about? Check this out. Would you go into the scripture or something, find something to help me with this here? You know, I'm looking like a fool, because I don't know about this thing, this Messiah thing going on. I don't know what's going on with it. But the wise men, their hearts were, we've seen his star." What have you seen God do in your life? What are you doing with it? Well, God, Gary, I've, I've seen God answer prayer. I've seen the Lord help me do this and that. I've seen God provide for me. I've seen the Lord uh, bring things about him. He's brought people into my life. He's created this circumstance and worked this out. What's God done in your life? What are you doing with it now? I say, well, that's 20 years ago. That's fine. What are you doing with it now? Of proclaiming the goodness of the Lord and the faithfulness of God. I often brag about my family because I'm proud of it. <clears throat> I had a grandmother that prayed. And when I say she prayed, she's like Anna. She's the kind of person, she spent hours in prayer. And I remember going as a young kid of about five years old to her house and eagerly wanting to see Grandma. Because she's grandma. Okay, I mean, just no other reason. It's grandma. And I want to see grandma. And so I run on in. I'm looking through all the house and so forth. And finally, I I dare to enter the inner sanctum of her bedroom there. And I kind of knocked a little bit. Nothing happened. So I go on in. And grandma's by the side of her bed, kneeling down and praying. And she turned to me. And uh, you can't repeat what I'm gonna say right now. And she turned to, to me and she says, Gary Ray, you need to go out right now. Grandma's praying. And I really, at five years old, I thought I've done something horrible. This is terrible. I, it, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I didn't understand what was she meaning. And so I did, and I just kind of sheepishly walked out and so forth and was out there. and When Grandma was done, she came out and she found me, and she took me up in her arms, gave me a big hug, and she says, do you know what Grandma was doing in the bedroom there? And she says, I was praying for you. I was praying for the rest of our family. I was praying for your cousins. I was praying for my uh, kids, my children. She says, I was praying that God's will and purpose for their lives would be done. I stand here today, folks, on the basis of a grandma that believed in the power of prayer. And that's why I stand here today. Your prayers make a difference. Never give up pursuing what the Lord would do through those things. And definitely last but not least is a guy named Herod in Matthew chapter 2. I'm only going to share two verses out of this, verse 3 and verse 16. I want to read them to you because they're so stirring. Herod, king in the area, was totally ignorant of the king being born he didn't know but it says king Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem when you're a leader what you do or don't do has an impact upon a broader group of people than just yourself Always take that responsibility seriously. Whether you're a dad or a mom or you're a supervisor or your manager or you're owner of a company, whatever it might be, that you begin to take on the responsibility and recognize the importance of what your role really is. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise man had outwitted him. Because the wise man went and found Jesus and then the Lord spoke to them. I love this. The Lord says, don't go back and talk to Herod. He has ulterior motives. Don't go back there. Don't worry about God handling the things that you think are your job to fix. Sometimes we feel like, I've got to fix this. I've got to make sure everything's all right. I've got to cover all the bases. Because Where's God? He goes on and, and it says that he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod, his response was the fact that he felt threatened. He felt threatened that I'm going to be upended by a baby if he's supposed to be king of the Jews and all and I then I won't be and so he felt threatened and so he discharged his soldiers to go try to eliminate it but 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 God spoke to Joseph and said Joseph time to get up take the your wife and your baby and you go down to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to return See, God takes care of all that detail stuff and he works it all out. Even when we're threatened, even when it seems like, hey, somebody's coming against me and and this is not going to work out and this is not very good. God is still God in the midst of those moments. He will take care of it for you. And that's where your trust comes back with God. Lord, you're in charge. You're in charge of my life and you will bring it together in the way that you want. So we have a wide array of responses shared in these different places, And it all hit them suddenly. It came: an announcement by an angel, a dream that happens, an announcement by some men coming into the town. and you know, all whatever the means and ways that it happened, the people were kind of taken back of, "Oh no, wow, what what's going on here?" What did we do? when we're faced with different forms of news. Be it good news, bad news, you know, has to do with sickness or health that we may get, prognosis that the doctor gives us, saying, you know, I think you've got a month to live, or you've got six months, or you're gonna deal with this the rest of your life, or what have you. There may be things that make us angry that we get news of, or there's things that, just uncertainties, that we may deal with, and be faced with, what do we do with that? Maybe it comes from our bank account. Yeah, I know you, you'll get quiet on that one, and uh, or it comes from the doctor, or maybe a family member, or, or even a spouse, or children, parents, sarcasm from people. Who do you think you are as Christian? You know, what are you believing God for? What have you? But let me summarize maybe three responses that sometimes we have in contrast to holding fast. Okay? Three things that I found in dealing with people. And of course, uh, they all begin with the same letter. So I just want to make it easy for you, okay? That way. Number one is Discouragement. Yeah, we often get news of something going on, something happening, and we get discouraged, and it just brings us down. We may be depressed, we may be anxious, maybe may be tension-filled, whatever it might be. Number two is the fact that we get distressed. We have stressors. Oh, no, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to bring this about? And the fears that rise within us and become almost consuming into our lives. And third is distractions. Losing focus. I'm not just talking about the moments where where we do that because of the circumstances in what's going on around us at the moment, but I'm talking about things that really cause us to be consumed with something. Oh boy, I got to do this. Look at that. And and a lot, you know, look at that, that stand right there. It's out of line. You know, the tree isn't perfectly matched, you know, and those are, are dumb things, but Life, sometimes we get distracted to go here, there, rather than saying, what is the word of the Lord to me? What is God's promise to me? What has God spoken in his word to me? What do I hold on to? You hold on fast to this, folks. This is what you hold on to. In spite of the discouragements and the distressors and and the points of distraction that we might all feel and face, But let me get to the positive, because I'd rather talk about that. Because Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25, give us three things that I think are very important for us to hang on to today when we deal with unexpected expectations. Number one is that we hold fast to the hope. Hold fast to the hope. What are you hoping in? What are you basing your hope upon? And let me suggest to you that talk about it. Say, so, well, you know, but Gary, I've got these problems. They're so huge. And so, you know, let me, without sounding harsh, but let me say it this way. Stop talking about your problems. They're there, yes. I'm not saying ignore them. And and I like what one man said one time I listened to. He says, you know, there are the facts and there's the truth. He says, you never ignore or deny that there's facts, but you take the truth of the word of God and you place it over the facts and you believe in the truth. That's what you do. That's what you do. Because the truth sets you free to move forward in the power and grace of God. Hold fast. Talk about it. You know, read the word of God. I mean, you know, we're not flapping our jaws when we talk about in here about reading 260. You know, it's just, it's not something we just kind of do that, well, this is kind of a cool idea. And so, no, God gave that to a pastor and laid it on his heart for us to be able to go, join together as a team of people and move forward through whatever it is we may face. And I want to encourage you. As you look forward to this coming year, to join with us as we begin to go into the Word of God again. You say, well, Gary, I've I've read the Bible and the New Testament a bunch of times. Good, do it again. Because you'll glean something new and fresh because you're in a different place today than you were a year ago. Okay? And the Word of God is fresh and new today. So take and uh, grab onto the Word of God. Secondly, is not only holding fast, but let me just share one other thing. Share the stories of God's faithfulness and his goodness in your life. Yes. Say, well, Gary, I don't have a lot of people. I don't have a big audience and so forth. Talk to the people who listen. Yes. And even if they don't want to listen, talk about it. It's good for you. Yes. Yes. When you talk about the goodness of the Lord and God's faithfulness, it renews something in your own heart. Yes. And you and I need that in the midst of everything all around us that we may have. Secondly, the scripture here said, motivate one another to do acts of love and good works. How do I motivate somebody else? How do I encourage? Part of it is sharing the goodness of the Lord. You know, when I share about my grandmother, I'm hoping that's encouraging to you. It is to me. Because out of that, in my family, we've had the privilege to have close to 500 years combined together of ministry time. And God has allowed us that privilege to do it in a variety of different ways, but we've seen that in our family. But it goes back to a grandma that's willing to get on her knees and say, God, I'm not leaving here until you do something in my family. In the end, kind of uh, addendum to that story is grandma had seven children. Uh, The oldest one was pretty famous in his time. He built many of the, down in Los Angeles, many of the skyscrapers. He was an architect and was well-known and well-respected for that, but he didn't care and need Jesus. Grandma passed away. 20 years later, that man at 82 years of age comes to know Jesus. The faithfulness of praying and standing and believing works. You got kids, you got grandkids, you've got others in your family, they don't know Jesus yet, don't give up now. You continue to pray and stand for that. Motivating one another. Well, how about you just text somebody? I did earlier, you know, because of a family I knew of in our church that lost a loved one uh, yesterday and all and I text them and say, hey, praying for you, bro. And just standing with you right now. Motivate one another. Encourage one another. Email them a full hey, even catch this, even a phone call. Wow. You know. Could maybe be of help to somebody. and uh, But motivating, encouraging. Take them out to coffee. How you doing? I know you've gone through a rough, rough patch. How you doing right now? How can I pray for you? How can I stand with you? And thirdly, is the scripture says, don't neglect getting with each other. Hang out. Hang out on with one another. That That's kind of an... Uh, revised scripture rendition. But anyway, it says hang out with each other and encourage each other. How can I encourage you? How can I stand beside you? How can I come along with you as you're going through whatever it is you're going through right now? But what can I do to be there with you and for you to help you move from here to here to here to here to to accomplish what God wants in your lives? How can I do that with you? Because see, we're in this together, folks. Whatever the problem, whatever the need, whatever the situation, we're in this together. So that requires two things. One is, if you're going through a problem, let us know. I mean that sincerely. Let us know. Say, well, I don't know who to call or whatever. You can go on our webpage. There's a place for comments in there that you can place a comment, and we'll receive that, and we'll stand in prayer with you. We yeah, have regular prayer times with people throughout the week, and we get those prayer requests sent to them so that they can be able to stand in prayer with those things. Let us know, please. In my experience in the, in the past, not here, but elsewhere, that, that I've had times as, as a pastor where I didn't know somebody was even in the hospital and all until they'd gotten home, and they said, I don't understand why nobody visited me. Sorry, I didn't even know you were in the hospital. And I'm not saying it critically of any time that maybe you didn't share something at all, but I, I'm just saying, let us know. Yeah. Let us stand with you. And secondly, is when somebody gives us that privilege to stand with them, let's do it. Yes. Let's pray for them. Yeah. If you've got to put that in your phone, you've got to put it on your calendar, whatever, pray for so-and-so, send a note to so-and-so, whatever it is. But put those reminders in for yourself. And encourage each other. And the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, why? Why do you do all this? You ready for it? Jesus is coming again. That's what the writer of Hebrews says. The whole reason why you encourage each other, why you hold fast, why you motivate each other, why you hang out with one another, is because Jesus is coming again. Therefore, these are the things I do. This is how I live. So what do we do with this this morning? Let me just close with these thoughts, two things. Number one is, if you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online right now, and you've never really opened up your heart to Jesus and allowed him the opportunity to just begin to be your friend and be your partner in life in a very real and tangible way. Today's your day. Today's your day. It's an opportunity to say, Jesus, I need a savior and I need someone to come and guide and direct my life because I don't know how to run it myself. I don't know about you, but uh, it wasn't long because I came to know the Lord when I was young. But uh, I've been with enough people that would acknowledge back and then say, man, I tried running my life, man, and I blew it. It was, it was not good. It wasn't pretty what happened. <clears throat> but I came to Christ, and he began to redeem it all and make it so much better for my life. But if you're here today, today's the day for you to open up your heart to Jesus Christ and invite him to be your Savior and your Lord. And secondly, and let me invite the prayer team to come on up That if you need your hope restored today, come in and receive prayer. Say, well, yeah, Gary, I got to get going and I got to. It won't take long. Just take a few moments to come. Invite somebody to stand with you in prayer. This is part of what we just said. Give us the opportunity saying, hey, I got a need. Would you pray with me? Would you stand with me? It's taking that opportunity for the Lord to use somebody else to stand with you and beside you and believe for God to do some wonderful things in your life. God is going to bring bring to pass what he wants to do. He won't forget about it. But you need to take the step out to him. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that it lasts, it works, it's tangible, it's real is something we can hold on to today. And God, for those struggling right now to hold fast, to hold on to hope, hold on to peace, hold on to joy, as we sang a little bit ago, that, Lord, you would just begin to restore and refresh and bring about, Lord, that which each of us need in this season and this time. Lord, we want to celebrate you at this time of year. But Lord, we acknowledge so many other things can get in the way. We ask that God, our focus can be renewed in seeing Jesus in the midst of this season and letting you reign supreme in our hearts and our lives. So, Lord, we take the opportunity to do these things. Lord, for anyone listening to me right now as I pray, that Lord is just saying, Yeah, yeah. Gary, I I need to open up my heart to Christ. I want to get my life together with God. I want to do the right thing and all those things that God right now, I would ask even as they reach out to you, that the awareness of your presence and your peace would fill their hearts and their minds in Jesus' name. And Lord, those of us struggling with different things in our life right now, and we don't know how to fix it, we don't know how to deal with it, Lord, we would come to you and allow others to stand beside us in prayer because we know you're the answer. You are the answer for us right now. And Lord, we turn to you. And we ask that you, your healing, your provision, your care, your deliverance, your ability to come alongside of us when we don't know where else to turn will be realized. And that, Lord, those unexpected expectations will be fulfilled. So Father, we trust in you and we put our faith and confidence in you in every way today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I'm gonna invite you in just a moment as we dismiss that you come and receive prayer. These folks are eager to pray with you. They want to, that's why they're here. And uh, they would like the privilege to do that. And secondly, if you're here this morning and, uh, or you're online, and you share and say, you know, I need prayer too, let us know that. We'll be happy to stand in prayer with you. And if you're opening up your heart to Christ today, then would you let one of these people know, or myself, and uh, we'd be happy just to take an agreement with you, acknowledge, sometimes it's really good to have somebody else be aware of a decision I make, particularly when it's toward Christ, and make that done, and take that opportunity. Finally, I'd like you to invite you to stand, if you will. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how do we close this? And there was a scripture the Lord laid on my heart. I'm going to use a translation that I don't use often, but I appreciated how it was worded here. And I want to speak this blessing over you. It's taken out of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7, and it's from the message translation. It says, For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. And by the way, he'll take over the running of your world too, for you, if you let him. His names will be amazing counselor. You need some counsel? He's a good one to go to. Strong God. We don't serve a weak God. He's strong. He's strong. Eternal Father. He's not going to go away. He's not going to run away from you. Prince of wholeness. God wants to bring you into wholeness in all the aspects of your life and complete. His ruling authority will grow. It's not going to diminish. It's going to grow. And there'll be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. He'll rule with the historic David throne over that promised kingdom. He'll put that kingdom on a firm footing and keep it going. And I believe for God to give you a firm footing, if you're feeling uncertain uh, about where you're walking, what you're doing, God give you a firm footing. And then continue to maintain it as well for your life. He's not going to give up with you. And then it says, with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. Then catch this. The zeal of God of the angel armies will do all this. God stands behind it for you. He says, I'm here. I'm the guarantee. You're going to get through it with my help, and I'm going to be there for you. So I bless you with that and pray God's blessing. God bless you. Have a wonderful week with Jesus and with one another.